This audio session was recorded for you. Please use headphones and listen carefully. Hey, this is Jordan Belfort, the real Wolf of Wall Street, and you're listening to The Anthony Rogers Show. This call is now being recorded. Welcome back to the greatest show in the universe. Online, we have um, a, a rock legend, um, Chris, uh, Chris Reese from Social Distortion. How are you doing, man? Real good, thanks. It's not every day we have somebody from like a band like like Social Distortion, so I'm like really excited actually that this is happening. I'm excited too. Even uh, like our, our last one was a, a porn star, I think. We went from porn stars to punk bands now, so I think we're doing it right. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you you were like uh, you came in the band a little bit after it started, probably right, like like eighty four, I think. Uh yeah, they had just got back from the. Uh another state of mind tour that was uh, a documentary that was made on on a uh, on a rock tour that they did in uh, 82 or I think it was but um, it, it kind of fell apart the band fell apart during that tour and um, they when I they got back to LA um, they were looking for a couple new guys and I happened to uh, know them through playing shows up in San Francisco with another band that I played with called The Lewd. And uh, we were friends. There was very few bands at the time, maybe a dozen or, or so bands in the whole state of California. So everybody kind of knew everybody. We slept on each other's floor. We got each other gigs when we came to those towns. But, uh, yeah, I joined in 84. That's how it always starts, like sleeping on floors. floor. All my buddies are in bands or entertainment. So it always starts like that. And then all of a sudden, like, it, you, you were for, like, some of the big out, like, uh, like a couple of the bigger albums and stuff, like most of the hits from that, uh, on that self title one, right? Yeah, they, there was a couple oh. of albums that we did on Epic Records, uh, uh, 90 and 92. We did uh, a couple albums with Epic and we were, uh, they did some MTV videos and which really helped that MTV was big at the time, as was college radio. That's funny. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That that self title album has like every awesome songs. I, I I found you guys like way later because I'm like I'm like I'm like youngest. I'm like 33, so I listened to you guys when I was like 20 or so a lot. Like it was really into punk and shit. And like like I fucking love your band. Now it's like you're like a, it's, you're like a part of like rock and roll history at this point. <laughs> you're like a living member of rock and roll history. I feel like. Wow, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's fucking crazy to think about that, right? Well, it's, it's crazy to think that it was 30 years ago, you know, and, and uh, it, the time flies. That was 1990 or before, you know, when we were doing it. But that's when that record came out. That's 1990 was 30 years ago. Wow. Yeah, I was talking to my girlfriend about this uh, this interview, and like uh, we were talking about how how you're like 60, and and like how you just picture punk guys always being like really young and never aging, like you're like you're supposed to be like immortal or like a vampire or something because you're because yeah. you're in a punk band. Like you almost, it almost has that vibe. And I was reading an interview you did um, uh, before I did this, uh, talking about how you kind of have the same kind of attitude touring. I did kind of like, I, it seemed like you were just like, uh, like, like when you left the band, it was like good terms. You're just like, yeah, I'm just kind of like, uh, like it's fun for like when you're in your 20s, you're single, but it's not that fun for me right now. It kind of vibe like, like what I was reading. And it just, it just seemed like really humble, like, like just kind of the way it's opinion on touring. Well, yeah, it it, it can be grueling. Uh just being being gone all the time and away from home you don't really it's hard to keep a girlfriend it's hard to have uh, you know any kind of stability in your life when you're constantly on the move especially tours like you guys are doing you guys are doing my like world tours <laughs> like non-stop yeah, we, and we play yeah we played almost every night we were pretty well known for not having a day off they 
they didn't want us to get in trouble. So they knew if we they gave us a night off in some town, we'd get in trouble. So they kept us they kept us pretty busy. We we played every night for you know a lot months on end. We played almost every night. That's badass to think about. It. Yeah, it's like it's like like as a comedian, as a comedian looking at how a band tours like you guys toured like especially back then. Like I, I feel like the game's like a lot different now to where like like with social media and all this stuff to where like. They used to make posts now, but you had to tour to stay relevant and even get as big as you guys did. You had to be touring like constantly, almost. Right. We we in order to sell records, you you know you had to you had to tour to back it up, and you had to, you know, only bands that really were any kind of successful were able to play the songs live and and and, and stay together and go to the next town, you know, without a, without too much messing around. Then you have two gold records, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, two gold records. Uh, well, we had, uh, yeah, two. You say gold records? Yeah, you personally, you have two, right? Yeah, two. I've got two. That's so bad. What's that like having gold records? Like, what is that? I have no idea what that feels like. It's a, it's a kind of a ma- it's a major accomplishment, especially for a punk band because we never really thought it, 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 this would last. We never we <laughs> set out to to do that really. When, you know, the punk when the punk movement, you know, it was. Uh, formed and you know we never really thought of it commercially you know we we thought of yeah we wanted to play these towns and 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 take the message um across but we were it was beyond our imagination that uh the band would would still be around at this this many years so you weren't like a guy like i'm gonna be this huge star kind of it just happened no, basically no, from like that was, punk, that was not the punk that was not punk rock you know the other rock, in other forms of rock in other forms of rock maybe yeah they they did it because they wanted the chicks or uh or the fame but you know uh, they used to be if you if, if someone called the, uh, it was an insult to call a punk rock or a rock star ah you rock star wait blah 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 you, you know they, they um it was not it was not cool to be a rock star in the punk days yeah, I remember hearing like a lot of bands would lose like as soon as they went major label, they lose all the all their fans. It, like they're, they're 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 a tough. Uh, they're very critical. Those fans of punk at that time, especially, they were very very leery of of you selling out, so called selling out. If you sold, if you were a sellout, that then you were you were done. You were not you were not punk rock anymore. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to think about that as a business plan. But no, it makes sense. Like I mean, I I grew up like the. I agreed most of the, like, I feel like I was, when I was younger, I agreed way more with the punk thing, more, more so, like, I was just really, like, I was way more like that in my 20s, probably. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So, you guys were probably, you guys, what's some crazy shit that happened, like, where you guys were uh, together and stuff, like, really a 10-year span, like, what's some, what's some crazy stories that, like, nobody knows about, or maybe uh, people will dig? It was, it, it was pretty crazy times. Uh, you know, when I when I joined the man the band, uh you know, Mike was this heroin addict and an alcoholic and you know, these guys were just they you know, they were pretty much party animals and I had a I had a uh job and, and a bungalow in Hollywood and um so when I joined the band they they all moved in. I didn't know they were going to all move in with me. So <laughs> I, I worked. I worked, and they and they slept on my couch, and we went out every night. That's how the drummers are in bands. I feel like the, the, the drummers always seem like the guys who know when the show times are and like have all their shit together, and the rest of the guys just get fucked up and like maybe show up on time sometimes. Well, yeah, I, I uh, 
I was a tour manager for years uh, before, you know, when we were still in the van doing tours in vans. I was a tour manager, and uh, it was my job to collect all the money at the end of the night and get the boys in the van and, and you know, to the next town or to the radio interview or whatever. But uh, I've had some pretty pretty wild times, uh, you know, touring with, you know, well, a lot of cash, you know, in your hand, in your pockets, and, and you couldn't leave it anywhere. When you went on stage, I had, I had a thousand dollars in each pocket, sweaty fives and ones. I had to, I had to keep, I had to keep it in my pocket because I couldn't leave it anywhere. So here we were in the middle of nowhere with a, you know, whole bunch of cash on us. That's hilarious. It was sketchy. It was sketchy as hell. <laughs> That's funny, man. Like, and you, uh, you told me that Neil Young, too, didn't you? Yeah, we uh, we were asked to open for Neil on a. He had just put out an album called Ragged Glory. Uh, okay. It was a, one of his real electric albums, and he he was he was rocking. It was not folky at all. It was Neil was doing a doing a uh, going rock, and uh, he chose a couple bands, uh, Social D, and um, also you um, two uh, accompany him on that tour. So we. We went uh, Sonic Youth. Also, we we toured all through U.S. and Canada. Played you know, big old hockey arenas all through Canada and all through the U.S. And uh, yeah, it was quite an experience. That's great. So you said it was, it was uh, who, who was in the band? You said Sonic Youth. Yeah, Son- Sonic Youth. That'd be such a fucking awesome show. Social Distortion, Sonic Youth, and fucking uh, Neil Young. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was it was a, a real it was a great time. Uh, they were big old echoey, uh, you know, hockey arenas, and, it, and it, he was really into this, uh, you know, feedback and and distortion, and uh, he, you know, he's kind of an effect uh, uh, expert. You know, he's a he has a his sound is that he creates from his amps is, is unmatched. But you know, it was, it was a lot of a lot of big old echoey rooms that that, were, that suited the music perfectly. That's just like crazy. That sounds that sounds awesome. That sounds like a good time for sure. Like, and do you still meet rock stars? Like, I mean, you are in a good location too. Like, you're uh, you now in a restaurant in like Long Beach or a bar restaurant in Long Beach, and like, uh, do a lot of people come in like knowing your band or knowing you? Um, yeah, from, like, amazingly enough, but they do. And uh, you know, I've got the uh, the skeleton on the pint glasses and stuff, and it's a lot of people. A lot of people still, you know, from around the world know of the band and when they come around to LA they've heard of this place and uh, they come check it out oh, I was reading an interview too it said um, like, like they asked you why you live in Long Beach and you said because it's not LA <laughs> well where, where else can a punk rock drummer own his own bar no shit yeah no shit I love, but Long Beach is fun for reasons like that like, you know, like, you know, like your bar you got Alex's bar you got a couple places down there that are kind of like punk, punk winning you don't you don't have many. You have a couple punk bars here, but there's not many people that was like. I'm in St. Louis. There's like the less population, I think, probably. It's just that, that that's probably the reason. But no, Long Beach has punk bars. It's crazy to me to think about even. And you're one of them. It's like that's crazy. Yeah, it's a good town. <laughs> yeah, and I, I did. I did see you guys at the social distortion glasses. So that's pretty cool. And I saw that uh, Mike Ness stopped by there. There's like a picture of him there on one of your websites when I was googling stuff. Yeah, Mike. Mike and I are so good friends. We always will be. He's come by before, and uh, you know he's a. Whenever he's in the area, he'll stop by. That's crazy. You guys look. It's just so funny seeing like punk guys look so healthy, <laughs> like in the picture. You guys just look. You guys look like you could be like my neighbor or something. 
Like, like you know what I mean? That caught us on a good day. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. So what kind of stuff did you listen to, like, uh, that got you into, like, uh, like punk? You said you are in a band called The Weed before. And, like, what kind of got you into more into, like, what kind of punk fans got you into it? Well, you know, we were, we were always uh, fascinated by the Ramones. And, you know, that was the band that they kind of, everyone who thought they could maybe play an instrument, you know, you could play the Ramones because it was sim- it was more simple, uh, and you know you could you could play you could play along with a Ramones song, uh, where uh, you know you couldn't play along with a Rush song or a, a Led Zeppelin song. So, uh, you know, it was a, it was the early uh, you know New York Dolls and uh, Sex Pistols and Elvis Costello that really came out of left field for for me and a lot of people and. And it was it was sounded so much different than anything else that was on the radio. You know, we were we were forced to listen to Journey on the car radio and uh, you know terrible uh, terrible rock from the seventies is what we we were forced to listen to. So when when the Sex Pistols came out, it was kind of it, it was a breath of fresh air. I love the Sex Pistols, like. Like just just the attitude alone, like going into like apartments and spraying their band name on shit, and like all, like that shit. Like there was nothing funnier to me as a kid. Like didn't see it. like you you grew up like you were probably like what, like twelve when that shit came out. So you were like a kid when like all that was going on. Uh, I, I was uh, I came out. I was uh, you know in my late teens. Oh okay. When that came out, and I was uh, living in San Francisco and around that time. That's fucking awesome. I wish yeah I wish I was a kid when I when the Sex Pistols came out. And I had an opportunity to see them or like even. Yeah, nothing like that has happened. Mind. I think we had like fucking boy bands and shit. Like when I was like, when I was a kid, I had, like corn and boy bands. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about that. It's, yeah, Rob, we man. To, we were lucky to be uh, around that time, uh, you know. And the Clash was a big influence on on a lot of people. That that was some great music. Yeah, the Clash was badass too. And the Ramones were kind of just like the punk Beatles to me, kind of like like when you talk about how simple they they play, they just reminded the Beatles kind of like and, and how they and how the music was, not the lyrics or anything, but like how the like how the chords were almost like they're almost like dirty Beatle chords or something. Yeah, they, you know, it, it, it's, it was just you know romantic pop songs, you know, with an up tempo. Yeah, and then like after I guess after fucking Frampton comes alive, something like that had to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, that that was that stuff. Just uh, we, we were repulsed by by that stuff. We got to tour with the Ramones once too, and that was what? that was a real experience. We opened up for the Ramones at around maybe around uh, 1990. We 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 toured with them, and that was a lot of fun. Wow, no, that is cool, man. Like that's like two legendary bands. It's crazy. The time frame was a lot better for punk, I think, like music wise, and should get a lot of cool shit around that time. Yeah, it was a lot that- a lot of good stuff. That's awesome. So, what uh, do you listen to any current music? Like, or what do you listen to now? You know, I I, I I've been searching for any, and I've been um, you know, I'm trying to find something current and try to stay relevant. But um, the only the only thing that's come out lately that I like it and um, is uh, I like I'm a Post Malone fan. <laughs> Me too, man. I like Post Malone. It's funny. Yeah, other than that, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of good rock out there. I'm I've, I've always you know trying to find a new rock band to listen to, but uh, I'm afraid to say uh, I think rock and roll's dead. And I'm not the last one to want to say that. I, I, I it hurts me to spit that out. No, yeah, something happened the last like ten twenty years where like like any of the bands that got through, you're just like pussies, like Maroon Five and shit. You know, it's just like it's not even. 
Like I, I, I don't even want to be that guy, but it's just, it just sucks. Like everything just sounds like Nickelback or something. Yeah, it's it's, it's terrible. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's some there's some raw good rock out there, but you'll it'll never see the light of day. I guess there's if there's no nightclubs to play and there's no nightlife to speak of. I mean, if if people aren't going out and you know shelling out five or ten bucks to to listen to live music, then that's what that's what happened. That's what you get. You get whatever you know homogenized shit that they play for you. Yeah, so become. Nightclubs. There's no string of nightclubs to tour. There's no way for a band to, to tour the, the country like 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 we had to do. But, you know, gas was a buck a gallon, and motel rooms were thirty five bucks. So that makes it a little easier to get from town to town on a couple hundred bucks. You still have you still have like cheap buses. Like I, I get from like sandwich Chicago for like five bucks, and you still have like Airbnb. But yeah, hotels are like fucking like two hundred bucks, and like gas is fucking ridiculous. I mean, if you're going anywhere far, it's bullshit. Yeah, you can't. It's hard. It's real hard to tour. It's always been hard to tour, but you know, it's hard for a band to to, to get a following outside of their area, just because of it, you know, expenses are different. You know, you can't you can't go to San Francisco and back to L.A. like you used to be able to. It's it's, a, it's you know, cost you a thousand dollars to to go and take a band up there for a night. Yeah, and then and then you have to split any profit left over with four other people. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, it, it's kind of sunk. There's the, the touring businesses for for up and coming bands is is kind of uh, out of reach. Dude, it is. It's bull. After after the nineties, I'd say, man. Like I, so I used to I used to be in bands still like that. And like I like I quit I quit doing music because of that. Like I get like hall drum sets and all. And like like you had the worst job probably. You probably don't like from my from my loose understanding. You're the only musician that ever had a job. And then also you had to carry a drum set and set it up on stage too. Like I just like like I'm like holy the shit. Yeah, that's insane to me. Like, but back then it made it made more sense. You make money. You sell records. People bought records. So you had like products and stuff. Like now it's like I guess that's almost why I went comedy. I feel like, because, like I just show up and I have like a talking to a microphone there. I set up or something. I'm like I don't have to set up a drum set with somebody or like, all these amps and shit and like fucking like all this and then split the money like five ways or whatever the power of the many fucking ways. Like it's 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 just weird. You you're in a perfect time to have that kind of music. I think because like it's like I think a lot of my buddies had like punk bands growing up and myself too. And just like no one was ready for it. Everybody wanted to listen to fucking bullshit like T Pain and stuff when I was a kid. Well, it was uh, it was a, it was an interesting times. It was it was more wide open. We could you could get away with a lot more, um, you know, before there was camera itself. Before there was cameras everywhere, and and um, you know, you it was more wide open. You, you could do pretty much whatever you wanted at that era. Yeah, the police stayed right around. Well, I imagine the parties were a lot better before fucking cell phones and all that shit like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was a couldn't imagine uh, uh, the difference. <laughs> that's funny. So, that's incredible. so what's, what's your favorite experience about the whole, the whole ride so far, like that 10-year like period of, uh, of just like touring and getting a big-ass band, really? I mean, You know, it, I don't really have a, a one one exact experience. You know, there was not one one exact experience, but, you know, just the journey that it went from from, like I said, you know, four guys, splitting up the money on the hood of a car, you know, going from town to town, uh, you know, rehearsing maybe in a garage somewhere, 
And then, you know, as it progressed and, and you know, then, then you're, then you're in a tour bus and, and uh, it, everything changes though. It, it, it changes and some, you know, not, that's usually the point where, where the bands run into problems because there's too many people with their hand in, in on the pie. And then you got to have more managers, more uh, <laughs> producers, yeah. more, you know, you got all, all these accounts. There's way more people involved. And then, it just it, it it turns into a whole different animal, but you know it was definitely a, a, a great uh, a great experience for a young man. Yeah, it seems like the ideal like like twenty something year old job. Like if you're in your twenties, it seems like the best job you could possibly fucking have. Like uh, yeah, it was you know it was like you're you're traveling everywhere, you know, and and you know there's everybody loves you. The girl, you know, there's there's, there's girls everywhere. And it's just, it's a blast. That's awesome, man. Like, it sounds, yeah, it sounds great. Like, you basically accomplished your dreams. It's like, and I feel like I with a lot of people, myself included, that wanted to do, like, music in school, like, getting to talk to somebody that actually, like, did that. Like, <laughs> this seems cool, man. Like, it seems like, like, like a lottery system almost, like, how hard it would be to blow up, like, then or now, even, you know? Oh, yeah, it was one in a million. It's one in a million. I'm lucky. I'm a lucky guy. I know that. That's in the right place at the right time. That's great. You know that too. A lot of people just think, <laughs> and like it seems like you're able to separate like left and right brain almost. Like I don't think a lot of artists are like you. Like the fact that you even had a job like surprised me as a musician. Like not, not to be a dick, but I would say like any musician I know does not have a job. <laughs> like I feel like, and and it's just like I don't see if you had the right brain, left brain kind of thing. Like I just see a lot of drummers on their shit though. Like drummers do seem to be on their shit more than like other musicians. I agree. I agree. Hundred percent. Even in like, it was my buddies in a lot of reggae bands. That, that's kind of like, all my punk friends went to reggae bands, like by now. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, in, when we were all like in our 20s, like everybody was doing punk, was in a bunch of like punk bands and shit, and then like, by the time they got to their 30s, they were in a reggae band almost. Around here. I think reggae bands can make money. Punk that's bands the, can't make money. I, I think, I think reggae bands, you know, can make a few bucks. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like, a lot of them have like a basketball team with them. They got like eight members. They got like a fucking horn section and stuff. <laughs> and then like, and like you spend up the managers. So every manager is just trying to take like fucking ten, twenty percent, and then you agree to something. They're trying to up you on it later. It's like, man, I need more now. I'm just like, you need more now? Like, what the fuck? That's why we have negotiation. Yeah, it gets. Uh, it's just out of your hands. It, you know, you, it's every. It's just a, a big mystery of how it all works. At, at some point, you just you know. You, you really don't ever know how many records you sold, you know. You just hope, you hope you're getting the right amount. No shit. Yeah, a store can be pinched on, the label can be pinched on, Any, anybody along the way, employees. Yeah, you just, you know, there's just way more people involved, way more people's decisions. and uh, Door guys, even? I just even door guys pocket in your fucking pay, you know? It's like... You know, yeah, well, it's just expensive to tour, you know, the... the uh, a bus, you know, to a bus driver makes it. The, the guy driving the tour bus makes, you know, more than the band. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear that. That's so true. Yeah, no, everybody involved does. Like, unless you just like you guys were good because you guys, you guys record sales still. Like, I, I look at the. We were we were lucky to be uh, around at the time when people actually shelled out and bought CDs. They, you know, we went from you know CDs, cassettes. And, um, you know, people, I think they were 16, 17 bucks at the time. And you went out and bought them when the album came out. You went to Tower Records and, and bought a CD. And that, you know, that that's the way, uh, that's the way that whole business was, was 
base. And then, of course, when, you know, Napster came around and the Internet came around, it all it all crumbled and there was no way to – they couldn't make money selling records anymore. So it all kind of fell apart, the whole, the whole system. Yeah, and everything, man. Like, are you, like, I know, like, even like the porn stars I talk to, no one buys porn, they watch on Pornhub, like, they, like the uh, film people I talk to, they don't sell, like, directors don't sell DVDs anymore. Like, I mean, pretty much just like, like, entertainment's crushed all the way around, it looks like, like, from anyone I talk to, like, but I mean, it doesn't seem like anybody's hurting, but they, but they would be doing a significant, <laughs> like, they'd be doing better like, economically if, like, they had more products still. There's just no, there's just no one's buying, like, People are not used to paying for their entertainment now. They want it. They get it free on their phone. They won't. They won't shell out uh, five dollars to watch a band because they can. They can watch them for free on their phone and listen to all their music right here. They're not. You know. They, it's all right. Everybody's glued to their phone. And they yeah. It's sad. No, it's true. It's super sad. Like, like there needs to be like a different. It's kind of cool. It's just not the the end all be all. And it, it almost ruined entertainment because I mean, this is why you're having people like I mean, wh- whoever the fuck is doing blowing up right now, like Carney B, like Bieber and shit like that. Like, because only the dumbest people buy music, so then like the dumbest music's getting around. Yeah, that's. I guess that's what we got. That's what it seems like to me. I mean, you have like Christian, you have like a lot of Christian bands blow up. You have a lot of country bands blow up, and you have all these bullshit pop stars like that. I don't even. I'm not even really convinced they sell that many records because like. Like, like they're trying to say like Rihanna's umbrella sold more than like never, uh, the Nirvana's Nevermind, and I just don't fucking believe that. Like, it makes no sense to me. Cause like, cause like Nevermind came out in the '90s when people were buying albums, and then like Rihanna's came, Rihanna came out, that song came out in like the 2000s, but no one fucking bought music. It made no sense. I don't even like, know where do you buy it. I, I wouldn't even know where to go buy it if I, if I wanted it. Or that's what I mean. I mean, you know, if I can hear it for free. Yeah, so, so it makes no sense that anybody's breaking records. Like, they're still saying people are breaking records, but I just don't believe it. Like, I'm, I'm just like, I don't think that's even true. No, it, it's, like I say, the, the numbers are, are uh, mystical. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great, yeah. Bands only existed by uh, by rich people in LA Yacht, I think. <laughs> that's why they exist. I think so. <laughs> Was there anything you want to plug before we get on here, man? Like, I've talked forever, but I'd like to keep these kind of short people, got a short attention span. Okay. No, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity. I, you know, I, if you, the fact that you, uh, you're a fan of, of something I did that long ago is, uh, it's an honor to me. So I'm, I'm glad to, I'm glad to help you. Dude, it's an honor to have you on the show too. I mean, like, like I've interviewed some bands. Like, this is like you're like I like was a huge fan of Social Distortion a lot. Just punk bands in general. Like, I don't want to sum, I want to dumb it down and sum it up. But like, I'd say I, the easiest way I could to say is punk bands in general. Through my twenties, I had the Mohawk and all that before I went bald. You know, <laughs> I had all that, had all that shit. I fucking love punk. Like the, where I was at in my twenties, probably just like think like just I think it was like an intellectual's music almost, like an angry intellectual's music almost. We were we were we were mad at the world at the time. Yeah, and smart enough to say something about it, like you know what I mean? I was like, not just like some barbarian just hitting things. You're just like, all right, we're gonna fucking travel and tell people we're pissed off. <laughs> yeah, we had a message. We had a message, and and we fought a lot of opposition. We were not, you know, punk was hated at the time. It was not, you know, it was not commercial. Hot, you know, Green Day had not come around. There was no hot topic in the mall. It was a it was an underground movement, and we were not really liked by the cops or, you know, half, you know, most of the people that we encountered were, you know, wanted to beat us up. Jesus. That's so, that's so crazy to think about. Like, 
I heard uh, I heard the the manager of like the Sex Pistols did an interview one time. He, he was talking about how um how he found Johnny Rotten like walking around London with like this like cut up shirt that said Led Zeppelin sucks, like on his shirt. Yeah, we we hated them and they hated us. <laughs> That's so great. That's just so great. I just love that standpoint because like history books don't like they don't like they don't talk about punk in, in like that way. Where like they, they cover it. And like, 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 like documentaries were covered, but they don't talk about like, like the raw hatred for pop culture that the, that the youth had at that time and like, and like really sum it up, I don't think. Cause like, I just like love that concept. And I wish my generation would have had something like that where we wouldn't have had to pretend like Drake's a good artist or like these people just like the same shit over and over again, you know? It's like. Yeah, we, we, we were definitely, um, disenfranchised. Yeah, no, and did something about it. I think I think a lot of people don't relate to pop culture, and like just because it's fucking it sucks, and it's for, it's for for lack of a better term, it's for retards. Really, it's just like it's like the lowest common denominator is drawn to like pop music. I think. Yeah, um, it, it's it's strange. That is weird. But dude, thanks for coming on here. Check out uh, check out Chris's uh, Pike Restaurant, or how do you, how do you call it? Man? You picture yourself like Pike Bar, Pike Restaurant. What do you say? Pike Restaurant and Bar. Uh, cool. Long, Beach, Long Beach, California, Forks and Cherry, stop by. Tell me, said hi. And then, um, mention, the, mention this ad and I'll get a free beer. <laughs> I'm going to use that when I'm in town. I'm like, like you said on my show that I get a free beer when I'm in. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, man, for coming on. Um, I'll be in contact and I appreciate you taking the time to, like, uh, talk to me on a Saturday like this. Like, great. Thanks for, thanks for the opportunity. Likewise, brother. All right.